Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Star Wars Comics in Canon. Hello there, and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings episode 54. So then guys, this week I am tackling part one of the Kanan Jarrus miniseries, and this part is called The Last Padawan. This is going to be volume one slash book one slash part one. The full series is 12 issues long, so I am tackling the first six issues in this. Now, for clarity, there are very, very minor spoilers for the Bad Batch in this because a certain character appears in the Bad Batch, which relates to the story of this. So if you, it does happen within the first 10 minutes of the Bad Batch. So if you'd want to go to the Bad Batch with literally zero spoilers of any kind, now is your warning. But there is going to be very, very mild spoilers for the first episode of the Bad Batch, literally the first like 10 minutes of it. So you have been warned. So the reason I said about that spoiler warning and things is because I can't, I couldn't have timed it any better. And it's very peculiar that I just happened to do Kanan this week. But the Bad Batch obviously aired on May the 4th, the 70 minute special. And there's going to be another 20 minute special on Friday the 7th. Now, the reason I bring this up is because Kanan Jarrus, the character I'm tackling in this, he was a major character in Star Wars Rebels, which is, in my opinion, it's my favorite Star Wars show so far. I like, I enjoy it more than Mandalorian and Clone Wars, controversially. I love Mandalorian and I love Clone Wars, but Kanan Jarrus is my favorite, one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever. And also the season two finale of Star Wars Rebels is probably my favorite episode of Star Wars of anything, apart from maybe little bits in episode three. But regardless of that, basically, Rebels is amazing. And even if you haven't seen Clone Wars, watch Star Wars Rebels. It's only four seasons long. I think each episode is between 16 and 22 episodes long, about 20 minutes long each. And there's loads of really fun connections to the original trilogy. It's a whole new set of characters, which are really interesting as well. It's a really, really good show that I think is criminally underrated. Now, this series ran between October 2014 and March 2018. And then it finished and things. Obviously, we've had Clone Wars Series 7 since then, and now The Bad Batch. Now, Kanan has a master called Depa Bilaba, and his backstory is explained in this comic series. Now, the reason I'm mentioning it compared to The Bad Batch is because in The Bad Batch, there are some contradictions to this story. Now, they are not, in my view, they do not destroy this comic. They do not make this comic necessarily invalid. There's just one issue of this comic which you can basically say it happened in a different way because the way canon generally works is that if it happens in the movies, that's the top tier. Nothing in any other content can contradict what happens in the movies unless it's like giving explanations to something then it's the series and the shows and things then i believe it's kind of the games and the books then it's the comics so the comics aside from the visual dictionaries slash reference books the comics are the very bottom of the canon chain this means that basically when something happens in a comic if a tv series or a movie comes out with something that contradicts that then it is contradicted and in the canon in the air quotes true canon it happened in the way of the movie or the tv series so in canon the way it was shown in bad batch what happened to kanan and depa that is in air quotes truly what happened now there's nothing in the canon that i can see that specifically contradicts the rest of this story as in in the comics but I'm going to get into that when the story gets there, because that is around you know, end of issue one, start of issue two. So I just want to preface this by going, I'm very, very fortunate that I managed to just by sheer chance release this as the last miniseries I tackle. And it happened to be out on the week of the Bad Batch. Like that was not planned. I did not know Kanan Jarrus slash Caleb Doom, because his name as a Jedi was Caleb Doom. And then he changes his name to Kanan Jarrus, which I tackle in this as well. But it's basically just sheer coincidence I managed to do this because if I'd have done this a month ago then I'd probably have to re-record a lot of this to do all this preamble because it would no longer be valid so that is the preamble about Bad Batch as I said I'm going to get into more details about it as we get to the right points but here's some of the information about the comic itself 
so as I said, this comic, the part one has six issues. So issue number one was released in April 2015. Issue number six was released in September 2015. The trade paperback collection was released in November 2015. And then the hardcover collection, which includes these six issues, as well as the next six issues, was released in December 2016. And just for clarity, I've got the hardcover. So when you see my pictures on Instagram and all Patreons would have already seen the photos, that's what I've got. The comic series was written by Greg Wiseman. The artist is Pepe Larraz on issues one to five. And issue six, the artist was Jacopo Camagni, or maybe Chamagni. I do apologize for this pronunciation. And the colorist is David Curiel. Now, for clarity, Greg Wiseman, he actually helped with some of the writing for series one of Star Wars Rebels, and he was also a consultant for the book A New Dawn. Now, A New Dawn is among the first new canon books. So it was released, I believe, in 2014, just after the canon got reset by Disney. And so A New Dawn is a prequel book to Star Wars Rebels. It explains how Kanan Jarrus and the Twi'lek Hera Syndulla, who is a character who's shown up in the Afro comics, in the main run of Star Wars comics, she's in Star Wars Squadrons, she's rumored to be in Rangers of New Republic, and she's in the show Star Wars Rebels. A New Dawn is how they met, and is a prequel to Star Wars Rebels. Whereas these comic series, this is about Kanan when he was Caleb Bajum when he was a Jedi specifically. So this is like a prequel of that. The writer for A New Dawn was John Jackson Miller, and for clarity, Greg Wiseman was a consultant to him as well to help with some of the details of the book. Now, as I said, his name as a Jedi is Caleb Doom. His name that he goes by now is Kanan Jarrus. He was born 33 years before the Battle of Yavin, which is one year before the Phantom Menace. So he is about seven or so years younger than Anakin was, which means that by the time of the Bad Batch and in this comic, he was around 14 years old, there thereabouts. Also, fun fact is that you can see him in the Clone Wars as a hologram in the final four episodes of the Clone Wars, I believe it is you actually get to see him with his master Depa Bilaba via hologram and then obviously they created those characters as in the 3D models of them and used them for this which is quite cool so the last little preamble bits then so the prologue of this comic which is also comic number six which is set in air quotes present times which is basically in the times of Star Wars Rebels that is set four years before the Battle of Yavin so four years before New Hope whereas the main bulk of this story is set 19 years before the Battle of Yavin which is just after Revenge of the Sith and you will see why that is in this comic. So I think that just about does it for the preamble. So I'm going to read the crawl of this and get started with the narrative and the multiple connections it has to other things, as well as I will be addressing the, uh, it's called retconning for anyone who isn't there, like retroactive continuity, which is when something happens in the canon and then it gets changed. That's retconning. So I'll be getting into that as well. So here is the crawl. Kanan, book one, the last Padawan. It is a dark time for the galaxy. It's been years since the fall of the Republic, when Chancellor Palpatine gave Order 66, wiping out the peacekeeping Jedi Order and rising to the role of the Emperor. Since then, the Emperor and his Imperial forces have ruled the galaxy with an iron fist. People have lived under the yoke of Imperial oppression and the sparks of rebellion have begun in secret. Small clusters of rebels have begun fighting for freedom. One such rebel band is home to Kanan Jarrus, a mysterious former Jedi who has spent years hiding his Force powers and lightsaber. Not even his companions know his true past, that he was once a Jedi Padawan named Caleb Doom, fighting in the Clone Wars under his master, Depa Bilaba. So on to the narrative. Now this starts off with a one-page prologue. It's got the crew of the Ghost, and they need to deliver supplies from the planet Kala to the planet Lothal. And this first issue is called Fight. Now, the crew of the Ghost are the main characters in the show Star Wars Rebels. Uh, You've got Ezra Bridger, Kanan Jarrus, Sabine Wren, Hera Syndulla, Chopper the Droid, and Zeb Aurelius. Uh, Zeb is a Lassat, which is a big thing that often gets confused for a Wookiee. It's generally purple. Uh, You've got Ezra's a human, Sabine's a human, but she's a Mandalorian. Chopper's a droid, a bit like R2, but he was an older model from the Clone Wars and things, as in he was in the Clone Wars and he is now quite an old model and he's going a bit balmy. Uh, Hera is a Twi'lek, as confirmed before, you know, an individual who's humanoid with tentacles coming out the back of their head. And Kanan is also a human. So the planet Kala, K-A-L-L-E-R, um, it was created for this comic. It also appears in the Bad Batch and then it is also in a Clone Wars flashback. The planet Lothal, that was, I believe, created for Star Wars Rebels, and it is a main planet in Star Wars Rebels and features in there loads, so I'm not going to delve any further into that. 
So when the planet Kala is mentioned, you see Kanan's reaction face, and then it changes to back 15 years earlier. So it starts on a battlefield of Kala, and Kanan is fighting in the Clone Wars with his master, Depa Bilaba. Now, Depa Bilaba is actually an extra that you can see in the Phantom Menace and also in Attack of the Clones. She has got no lines, so extra, but she can be seen at the ceremony in the Phantom Menace, uh, as well as I think even PL gets seen as well, uh, you know, right at the very end. Um, she's an individual who is a human born on Chalacta, and her master was Mace Windu, which was in the Legends book Shatterpoint, which is now obviously it's Legends, so it's not canon, but they have confirmed in canon that her master was Mace Windu. Now, she is in books occasionally. She's mentioned in Star Wars Rebels quite a lot. She's an extra in Attack of the Clones, I think, in one of the scenes where they go and speak to Palpatine in the office and whatnot. And she's an individual who you would probably be able to recognize her because the actress that plays her is Deepika O'Neill Jotty. And she is an Indian actress. She's of Indian descent. And that is probably one of the features you'd be able to pick her out of a crowd, mainly because obviously, as I said, she's not on screen very much. So it's kind of hard to just see someone for a few seconds and know what they are compared to other people. People, so you have to make those sort of comparisons. She also has two pieces of jewellery on her face. She has, well, they look to be sort of studs or some sort of jewel, and one is on her brow and one is on her forehead as well. And this can be seen in The Bad Badge. If you look closely in The Phantom Menace and things, but if you look her up, you'll be able to recognise her. So that's generally an overview of Depa Bilaba. In these comics, in the flashbacks, Kanan is referred to as Caleb because, as I said, his name is Caleb Doom, and then he eventually becomes Kanan. For just ease, mainly of myself, so don't trip over my words and confuse anyone, I'm just going to refer to him as Kanan all the time in this. I'm not going to say Caleb, I'm going to say Kanan, but they are the same person. So Kanan and Depa are fighting with some clones. Now, one of the clones is CC-10-994, and he's called Grey. Now, in the comics, he is red and he is a commander, whereas in the Bad Batch, he wears green and is a clone captain. Once again, these small little changes that don't really impact the wider universe of the canon. Now, there is also another clone with them, which is called Styles. I couldn't find their ID number, but there's Styles and Grey, but Grey is the more senior officer and Grey is mentioned in the Bad Batch as well, whereas I don't believe that Styles is. So they're fighting this war, uh, they end up winning basically this battle, uh, they push back the enemy and then the general who's there is a guy called General Cleave. He appears to be a Deveronian, um, so that he looks like a devil, basically he's red skinned and has horns and whatnot. He also has like an eye missing and a bionic eye. They manage to get General Cleave to retreat and leave. Um, the battle is still going on, but he leaves that specific battle. Then, once the dust clears, Depa then speaks with one of the native species leaders, and this, obviously the planet is called Kala, so the species is Kalaran, and the village leader is someone called Gamut Key, or Gamut Key. So they speak with them, and they have like a back and forth. Then there's another Kalaran there, who is called Janus Kazmir. So you've got Janus Kazmir there, as well as game at key who are the locals they're speaking with the depa balaba as well as kanan is there and then also two clones that styles and gray the Calarans say that the separatists in the republic are basically the same that your general watts's face and the person who's here before you was also general watts's name and depa just stays quiet while they're saying this and kanan gets quite angry and starts yelling at them and saying you know we're not the same do you know who you're speaking with that sort of thing the clones also pipe in and chime in as well saying similar things and then depa just kind of calms them and says to the Calarans, we'll spend the evening under the stars in one of your fields because i've heard that they're lovely so it's now nighttime and Depa and Kanan are practicing lightsaber forms. I'm not going to delve deep into lightsaber forms, but essentially I believe there are six lightsaber forms and one is a more defensive one, which I think is Sarisu, which is what Obi-Wan uses. So Obi-Wan's like the master of the defensive lightsaber form, which is why when he fights a lot of people such as Anakin or General Grievous, who are very much aggressive and on the attack, he can just defend himself and get into a situation where he can then use the environment or whatever to his advantage. That's Obi-Wan's trait and Tactic. Then you've got a Taru, which is what Anakin uses. I think that's form one. And I think Yoda also uses that same form. I think it's the sort of general form that most people use. And then you've got Mace Windu, who uses something called Vapad, which is like a form of, I think it's a variation of form six. And Vapad is, you know, it, it teeters on the edge of being a dark side form. So it basically is meant to, it, it uses the person who's attacking you's power against them. So that's why Mace is one of the only people who could beat 
Palpatine in a lightsaber combat because he uses Vapad, which is an incredibly difficult thing to master, and it's also very difficult for a light force user to use it and not be turned to the dark side because you basically get the dark side user's power who is attacking you going through you and you basically reflect it back to them. That's a very brief overview of lightsaber forms. There's lots of different ones. You know, Jedi meant to know the different forms. And then, you know, you stand and have your form stance. So if you've got someone shooting bolts at you, you have one stance. If you're fighting someone else who's got a lightsaber or some sort of like electric baton or something along those lines, generally there'll be another form. But then when you're a Padawan, you have to learn a lot of these things. Whereas when you become a Jedi, you kind of find one form that works most for you and that becomes your lightsaber style. So Deppa and Kanan are practicing different forms and Deppa and Kanan are speaking to each other. They discuss the fact that Kanan feels like he's kind of at home, but he kind of feels a little bad about it because they're at war at the moment and it feels weird to kind of found your place if you're at war. Depper says that, you know, you just have to be aware of things that are always changing. You being my apprentice, me being your master, this war, maybe even the Jedi Order, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. You need to be okay with yourself and know that the place that you have found yourself in the universe is ever changing. So don't be attached to one purpose because it will likely change. Kanan then asks later on when they're sat around a fire with the clones why she didn't respond to the Calarans basically insulting her. And then she basically says that actions speak louder than words. I didn't want to just argue with them. I'd rather just do good and then they can see that. But also she questions the Jedi's getting military titles as well. She questions that, you know, maybe them being called generals wasn't the right thing to do. It made public image and other things. The clones disagree with her. So does Kanan and they think that it's something that should have happened. And then it kind of small talk happens and then it's mocked Kanan that he asks far too many questions back at the Jedi temple and the clones kind of give him a bit of shtick for it as well. And then this comic ends with Depper gives Kanan a holocron and that's a Jedi artifact that holds data. They look really cool but it's almost like a glorified Jedi USB stick that has also got a projector on it. That's basically what it is. You can hold lots of information on there, recordings, etc and only a Force user, mainly a light side Force user or a Jedi, can open up a holocron in theory. So she gives him a holocron and then right at the very end, the final panel is you see Grey get a communication message he opens it up and it is Palpatine saying, execute order 66. Grey says, it will be done, my lord. And that is where that comic ends. So issue number two is called Flight. And it starts with Depper asks Kanan to grab her hand to feel a connection. And as he grabs her hand, he feels the connection to the Force and then feels loads of Jedi around the galaxy die. And you see uh, the Twi'lek Aayla Secura as well as Kiri Mundi. Um, you get you see like a little flash of them getting killed. And then you see what I think is Plo Koon's ship being shot down as well. Depper then immediately notices something else has happened. Kanan freezes and Depper jumps up and defends as Grey starts shooting at her and Kanan and then all the other clone troopers kind of get a bit jittery as well. After Depper yells at Kanan saying just run or fight, don't just stand there. Kanan then starts defending and both Depper and Kanan are reflecting blaster bolts and things. And Depper kills two troopers and there are still three or four left and still shooting frantically and then more troopers are coming near the area being called over. So Depper tells him to run while she defends and she'll meet him later. Kanan notes that is the first time his master ever lied to him and Kanan runs away. The troopers are then told to pursue the Padawan to go after him. Depper yells out no and in that moment of distraction gets shot and crumples to the floor. Kanan then runs away. He gets into a forest and he hides. He manages to dig himself into like a little mud pile, cover himself in leaves and be completely still. The troopers run past him and then he sits up, gets on a transport and then heads for Plateau City. Now Plateau City is sort of a main city of Kala. And it shows that he has spent several days, he's been starving, he's never been on his own properly before, he hasn't got any credits, he's never really been taught how to survive outside of the Jedi Order and things, and he's basically a little bit lost. Now for clarity, I just want to put a pause here and say this is what I'm going to vaguely explain about Bad Batch and things. So once again, if you want to go into Bad Batch with no spoilers at all, even if it's just the first 10 minutes, it's a double warning. But what happens at the start of Bad Batch is that they're on the planet Kala. It's actually in the daytime and it's been snowing a lot, whereas it doesn't seem to be snowing in this comic. And it's at nighttime when the battle is over and whatnot. And in the show, there's no general cleave. There's not a explicit battle that they're fighting someone to be won it's that 
they're fighting a battle there's just some droids around them and things uh the clone troopers depper and kanan are kind of like they're hiding they're not quite retreating but they're trying to work out what to do and then the bad batch arrive um there's some enhanced clones they take out all of the droids in quite a dramatic and cool looking fashion and then they interact with kanan and depper a little bit they have a little talk and then the bad batch will wander off to go to the next thing that they have on their list essentially kanan follows them and is talking to them and things while they're walking and they've got like a little bit of a camaraderie with kanan and then that's when order 66 is called when that happens, Kanan feels something's weird. He turns around and then sees Depa Bilaba surrounded by clones who are all shooting at her. And she's defending herself and reflecting a lot of them and things. And Kanan is trying to work out what happens. He runs after Depa. She tells him to run. And then she gets killed. He runs into the forest and Hunter and Crosshair, which are two members of the Bad Batch, pursue him. And then he jumps over this big cavern thing and only hunter sees it hunter lets him jump and doesn't pursue him or shoot him or anything like that and then when crosshair catches up he asks what happened and hunter says oh he fell in this ravine and died and crosshair doesn't really believe him but then they just kind of leave the area and that is the end of that now this is a little warning thing to myself and to you guys if kanan does appear or caleb Jum, as he's called at the time if he does appear again in the bad batch and he continues to appear they are going to basically retcon the entirety of the comic i'm tackling at the moment which would in theory then turn it into legends i don't know uh, depends how specific they go if there's no more information about kanan slash caleb in the bad batch or anything like that then the rest of this comic can work Although General Cleave wasn't specifically mentioned uh, as being there, one could argue they interacted prior because later on in the comic, Kanan does interact with Cleave. And then the other methods of like how Kanan learned to be a smuggler, how he learned to be undercover, where he got his name from, all these other bits and pieces, they can all be attributed to what happened in this comic. I believe that in my own head canon, what basically happened was in this comic, it's almost Kanan remembering it wrong. That's why I kind of make it in my mind. So Kanan is remembering remembering that it happened at night time and remembering they sat around a campfire and then it all happened and doesn't remember the bad batch being there whereas what actually happened was the bad batch was there it was at the daytime it was snowing and then he you know jumped across the cavern and things i don't think that having it so that kanan remembers it slightly differently to how it actually happened ruins anything in the canon and as of recording this i think that everything that happens after the contradictions in the bad batch everything that happens in this comic from that point it does check out and i think it can work in the canon once again they may release stuff and i may be eating my words but that was just an explanation as to the slight differences between this one and what happened in the bad batch and when you see a lot of people going mental online about it realistically there's not that much difference it's kind of just that the bad batch weren't there initially it wasn't snow and it wasn't in the daytime some interaction with general cleave sort of beforehand and then also how kanan escaped and things now that sounds like a lot of big things but realistically it's minor details it was that kanan watched his master get killed by troopers that are around him on planet kala he managed to escape all of them and go on the run those details are still the same it's just the intricate details within that so i want to clarify that before moving on to the remainder of this comic and the rest of these comics the last detail I'll say about the Bad Batch episode is something I realized after re-watching it again last night, is that Depa Bilaba's lightsaber in the comics is green, in the show it's blue, there's not really any reason why they changed it that I know of, it's just one of those things, so yeah, there you go, that's enough of me talking about the comparison between this and the Bad Batch, so anyway, let's continue. So what I mentioned previously was that Kanan had been never by himself before. He was on Plateau City. He was starving. He was like rummaging through like rubbish or garbage and trying to get food and whatnot. And then he comes into contact with a character called Janus Kazmir. And they are a Caloran and they give Kanan some food. They let him rest on their ship and also tweaks the Jedi robe attire so he doesn't look like a Jedi. He just kind of looks like you know, maybe a Lothrat, I think is the term they use, because that's what they call Ezra in Star Wars Rebels. It's just a street rat, but off you're from the planet Lothal, you're a Lothrat. So I don't know if this would be like a Calrat or a Calarat, but regardless. Let's clarify, it's either Janus or Janus, I'm not 100% sure what pronunciation, uh, but Janus Kazmir, he was one of the Calorans sort of towards the start in the first issue where he was standing with the leader Gamut Key and they were kind of criticising the fact that the, having the Republic and having the Separatists lead them is basically the same to them. 
So after Janus has sorted out Canaan or Caleb's attire, he then asks, what do I do now? And Janus, I'm just going to read out what he says. What do you do? What you have to do to live in an actual galaxy with the rest of us miscreants. You lie, you cheat, you steal, you survive. Didn't they teach you anything useful at that temple of yours? And Kanan just thinks, maybe they didn't. And then Kanan's emergency signal goes off. It's a Jedi comm link and it starts beeping in things and telling them to go back to the Jedi temple. So Kanan says, can we go back to Coruscant and things? And Janus is like, no, I don't go to the core. I'm strictly outer rim stuff. Plus you're a liability. So finish eating and then get out of my ship. Janus is then called outside to speak with some clone troopers and things, and they're asking him if he's seen a Jedi. He says that he hasn't, and references a few days ago where he was disrespecting the Jedi leader, you know, General What's-Her-Name and things. So Kanan is left in the ship by himself, thinking and hearing the sort of pinging of his Jedi comlink, and he thinks to himself, I lie, I cheat, I steal, I survive. And then you hear the engines go on the ship, and then it flies away. So Kanan stole Janus's ship. So Kanan is heading for Coruscant, and then he gets another message through. And this message is from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, I'm going to read this out because not everyone has actually heard this message in full, and it's actually a really cool message. You do hear it somewhat in Star Wars Rebels. I think in Revenge of the Sith, you might hear a small amount of it. And then I have a feeling it's somewhere else in canon. It might be in Jedi Fallen Order, or it might just be another comic. There's some Basically, Obi-Wan's message is like kind of famous because he obviously him and Yoda were the ones that put the message in place to get the Jedi to stop going back to the temple, probably saving tens, if not hundreds of Jedi lives. So I want to read out basically what you saw Obi-Wan do in Revenge of the Sith and read the thing in full. So this is Obi-Wan's message to the Jedi. This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to inform that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. Do not return to the temple. That time has passed, and our future is uncertain. Avoid Coruscant. Avoid detection. Be secret, but be strong. We will each be challenged. Our trust, our faith, our friendships, but we must persevere. And in time, I believe, a new hope will emerge. May the Force be with you. Always. And then the final pages of this comic is Kanan emerging above Coruscant after him noting to himself Obi-Wan told him specifically not to do that. And as soon as he comes out of hyperspace, his ship gets surrounded by clone fighters and it's reported that it's been stolen. And so Kanan must surrender or be destroyed. So on to issue number three, which is called Pivot. Kanan shoots at some of the Republic or maybe now Imperial ships. He escapes then using hyperspace after a bit of a skirmish and he heads back to Kala, the one place he believes they won't look for him. He lands in a spaceport and as soon as he gets off the ship, Janus grabs him and tells him to leave. Kanan runs away, but then he keeps his eye on Janus for an unknown period of time. You see that Kanan's hair grows from being the short Padawan-style haircut down to sort of more shoulder-length hair, so he's probably been hiding in the shadows and watching for weeks, maybe even months at this point. And one of the times he's kind of following Janus around, and Janus is not aware of this, Janus is trying to do this deal with another Kalaran called Tapusk and his gang. And then it looks like the deal is kind of going wrong. The gang, Tapusk and his gang, pull out the guns onto Janus, and then Kanan jumps off a rooftop to save Janus from them. And he jumps down and he, you know, uses the force to push them, slices a few guns, kicks a few people down on things, and then Tapusk runs away. Janus then says that Kanan ruined his plan and that he was actually going to be fine because even if he doubled the amount he was going to pay them, he would still be making a profit. So it was all part of the game. And he said, well, now I need a crew and you've just volunteered. On the ship, you've got Janus and Kanan speaking and things. And Janus says about Kanan has a tick, which is he puts his hand through his hair. And then Kanan puts his hair up to, you know, stop that tick a little bit because he does it when he's nervous. And then he also breaks the Jedi communication device thing that warned him to say to go to the Jedi Temple in the first place. And he also leaves the holocron and his broken apart lightsaber in the ship. Now, for clarity, in Rebels, he doesn't have his lightsaber assembled. He has it in two or three pieces. So he clicks it together when he wants to. To use it but it's kind of a good way to keep it a bit more incognito. Kanan is wearing some new attire and he now has a blaster that he says it feels wrong but the new attire that he wears is just not very Jedi-like at all and he does look fairly different to how he looked only a few panels ago. Janus is calling Kanan Kid and Kanan tells him to stop calling him that and he says well I can't call you your actual name because you're wanted and so you need to get a new name but until you figure out that name I'm going to keep calling you Kid. 
They then head out on a job to go and steal some IGRM droids. Now, IGRM droids are bodyguard and enforcer droids. They were actually created from original concept art that Ralph McQuarrie made for IG-88. So they're basically IG-88 rejects, which is quite cool. They're in some other Star Wars content. They're in Star Wars Rebels, um, a couple of episodes, and they're also in the main run of Star Wars comics, the Rebel Jail arc, which are issues 16, 17, and 18, which I tackled quite early on in this show a little while ago. So anyway, they're stealing some of these droids. They can take like two at a time, and they take some back to the ship. Then they go back to try and take a few more, and then they get ambushed. They get ambushed by the gentleman Gamut Key, which is one of the individuals towards the start who spoke with Depa Balaba along with Janus. And Janus turns around and says, hey, why don't we just call it quits? You let me have the droids I've taken, and then you can have this Jedi, which the bounty will give you more than enough of the amount of droids I've taken. And that is where comic number three ends. So comic number four is called Catch, and it starts off with Kanan being in a prison, and the Calorans have contacted the clones who will be there within the hour to execute Kanan. Janus then walks away, and then a few panels later, he breaks Kanan out of jail using the IGRM droids. They get to their ship and manage to escape, and then it's got a really cool page of a montage of them doing jobs together and things. Kanan is thinking about Depa Bilaba, but he's kind of slowly, she's fading in his memory and things, and who he kind of was and who he's sort of becoming. And while they're doing all these jobs, the clones are still hotly on their tail trying to capture Kanan, and the next notable job is on the planet called Lan, or Lan, it's L-A-H-N. Janus tells Kanan to go and check that the client has got the goods that they have promised. So Kanan goes off and does that while Janus does the other half of the job. The client that Kanan approaches is someone called Jondo, and after a few seconds he realises that Jondo is actually General Cleave from the first issue of this run. Obviously he was a separatist general. Cleave says that they're no longer enemies and that they were both fooled by corrupt leaders. Obviously with Dooku being the leader of the separatists, who turned out to be a Sith Lord working for Palpatine, and the Republic was just under the control of a Sith Lord called Palpatine who orchestrated the entirety of the Clone Wars just so he could get the Empire to rise from the ashes. All of that stuff. Obviously, Cleaver's like, look, we don't need to fight each other. There's no reason to it. He's then confirmed that for this job, Cleaver's actually going to give a second ship to Janus. And Kanan gets very excited about that because him and Janus have spoken about having a new ship and things, having two, having like maybe a mini fleet for their little smuggling operations and things. And while that happens, Janus is caught by clones. You then see that Kanan basically rushes back to the ship to tell Janus that, yeah, we've got the ship that we need and things like that. And Kanan then overhears the clones interrogating Janus just outside the ship, asking where Kanan is and things. And Kanan makes the decision to bail. He jumps in some water, swims across, like quite far across a bay, and then asks Cleave if he can have the ship early. So he's left Janus with the clones and he's just run away because he's thinking, if I leave, it'll just be safer for everyone else. Kanan does manage to convince Cleave to actually give him the ship. So Cleave and Kanan then get on a boat and go to another spaceport where Cleave's ship is. Kanan feels like there's something very wrong and he reaches for his lightsaber instinctually. And then when he realizes it's not there in that moment, he then gets hit by the butt of a gun. The final panel of this comic is clones standing over him saying, now traitor, we finish what we started. So on to issue number five. This is called Release. So it starts off with Styles confirming to Grey, so these are the two clones, that they have got Kanan. Grey says that he'll be there shortly, and then yeah, shortly after he just arrives. Styles is in the hold with Kanan, and Grey asks why Kanan hasn't already been killed. They have like a back and forth between Grey and Styles. It seems that Styles takes a little bit of pleasure in, in killing the Jedi because viewing them as a traitor still, whereas Grey is saying that this is just what needs to be done. You need to follow orders. Don't necessarily take enjoyment out of it. While Grey and Styles are having this back and forth, Kanan wakes up and then speaks to the clones. Now I'm going to read this out and I want to clarify, I know I've read out a fair amount of dialogue in this. The only reason I am reading a bit more out in this comic more so than previous comics is that there are just some really interesting lines of dialogue that I think work really well. And due to what's happened with Kanan slash Caleb in The Bad Batch, I'm unsure of how many people will necessarily go in to read this. So there's just some really cool bits. I haven't read out all the great bits, but I think this is the last bit that I'm going to be reading out of this comic, but it's just quite a powerful thing, so I'm going to read it out. So it starts with Styles standing over Kanan saying, Awake her, good, because I want you to see this coming. And Kanan says, The way my master saw it coming when you betrayed her. We're not the traitors. You Jedi, what, fought side by side with you through every battle? Don't you see the Jedi never betrayed the Republic? We died with it. 
Okay, yes, the Republic was betrayed. You were betrayed, but by Palpatine, not us. He used you to destroy the Jedi so he could have his empire. Styles, Grey, try to remember. You worshipped Master Bilaba. Do you truly believe in your heart she could ever have been a traitor? And he does a close-up on the clones' faces, just staring, not saying anything. And then a comlink comes through saying, Commander, we've entered Caloran space. And Styles picks up his gun, says, Nice try, kid. I hope you're ready to die. And Kanan says, Not ready, and don't call me kid. And then he force pushes both of them very hard, and they smash against the side of the wall. Kanan then, in his internal monologue, he says he trusts in the Force. And as the clones kind of start to get up a little bit after being pushed into a wall, he opens the airlock and gets sucked straight out as two freighters emerge. As Kanan is ejected into space, the clones manage to close the hatch, and then one of the ships grabs Kanan. Now, one of the ships is flown by Janus, funnily enough, and the other ship flying is with Cleave. So the clones' ship attacks both Cleave and Janus's ships. They retaliate, and then the space battle goes on. Now, the two freighters that Janus and Cleave are flying, their shields aren't that strong, their weapons aren't that strong, and the clone ship has got pretty hefty shields. So while they're shooting things, you're kind of hearing how much shield integrity the two freighters have got and what the main clone ship has, and the clone ship is getting away pretty unscathed. While this is happening, Grey is actually arguing in the cockpit with Styles. He is saying, like, he's starting to remember and starting to piece things together, questioning why did they actually kill the Jedi? Was it really the Jedi that did all these bad things? And he's he's kind of having like an internal debate with himself almost. As the clones are sort of arguing over the point of if Order 66 kind of controlled your minds or how it sort of happened, it's quite interesting hearing them. So I would recommend reading this. You can kind of hear from a clone's perspective what it's like having this inhibitor chip make you do these things. But as that's happening, Kanan is talking to Cleave and Janus and saying, look, we need to do a coordinated strike. We'll both target them together, we'll shoot them, and then as we do that, we'll fly past and then be able to escape. So they prepare the coordinated strike, and as they head to them, you notice that Grey on the inside of the ship actually shoots the panels on the inside, and he says he's making it right. And as he's shooting all the panels and things, the shields get lost, the weapons start to go down, everything in the ship starts to go, and as he does that, as the same time the freighters attack a ship with no shields, the ship then explodes, which completely surprises Kanan and the other two, because that was not expected at all. They then fly to the nearby planet, which is Kala, and then land. Kanan then leaves Janus with Cleave, and he takes the second ship. He grabs his saber and the holocron from Janus's first ship, and he has an interaction with Janus where Janus is like, come on, kid, you know, we'll go to the next thing. And Kanan's like, no, I'm not going with you. We can't. And Janus has been like, come on, no, seriously, it's fine. We'll be able to make it work. Think about all the great things we had to do. And Kanan, and he calls him kid. And then Kanan gets very angry, shouts at him, knees him in the chest, force pushes him and basically screams at him saying, I'm taking the second ship. You partner with Cleave or pay him or share or whatever. I don't care. But you and I, we're done. Caleb then gets into the ship. Janus says, good luck, kid. I mean, good luck, Caleb Jume. And he says, Caleb Jume died of Depabalaba. Me? I barely remember the guy. And then the final pages of this comic shows that Kanan lands on another planet, a planet called Morega. He lands and someone says, oh, hello, welcome to Morega. Who are you? And he says, the name's Kanan, Kanan Jarrus. And then you've got a little finger snapping next to Kanan's face. And he's like, huh, what? And he's in the cockpit of the ghost. And here is like, um, I'm saying we're about to leave for Kala. And then he just froze up and starts staring. Are you okay? It's like, have you ever been there before? That's what I was asking you. And the final panel has got Kanan standing there with young the kid, almost, and then also young Caleb Jume. So you've got three models of Kanan, how he is as Kanan Jarrus, where he is in this sort of transitionary phase, and then him as a young Jedi. And he says, no, Kanan Jarrus has never been to Kala, ever. Obviously insinuating and repeating what he said to Janus back in the couple panels ago, which was 14 years ago, I think, at this time. And Kanan, as he is, hasn't technically been to Kala. You know, his previous self, Caleb Doom, had. And it's that kind of interesting thing that Star Wars often does with duality, where, you know, someone becomes something new and kind of different to what they used to be, and they kind of view it as being two different people. But yeah, that is where that comic ends. And just to clarify, it is heavily insinuated that Caleb got the name Kanan Jarrus from Janus Kazmir. And one of the characters later on kind of mentions it, but I thought I'd put it in here because I just thought it was quite cool. 
Which leads us to the final comic, number six, which is called Epilogue. Now, this is the final comic from book slash volume slash part one of the Canaan series, which is called The Last Padawan. And as I said, it was six issues. Then the other six issues of the 12 issue run, that's going to be called First Blood. And from what I remember, it's the storyline of Kanan with the ghost crew from Rebels in air quotes present day continues on while the flashback actually shows how Kanan first was introduced to Depa Bilaba and how he became her Padawan. So it's kind of like it goes further back and further forward at the same time, but I won't be tackling that for another four weeks. But this comic completely takes place in air quotes present day, which is about four years before New Hope, which I think is only shortly after maybe season one of Rebels or amidst season one of Rebels. So that's generally where you can sort of place this in the timeline. So it starts off with the gang finding some empty crates on Planet Kala. They were meant to be filled up with supplies that they could take to Tarkin Town, which is a very poor, almost slum-like village on the planet of Lothal, which is where Ezra Bridge is from and which is where a lot of the Star Wars Rebel storylines sort of centre around. They find these empty crates and while it's happening, the, the visuals in this comic are really clever because you've got Kanan looking around at, say, an empty forest and, you know, you see what the ghost crew see. But then Kanan actually sees, like, memories of from his past. So you see them looking at these crates and there's, like, a little smouldering fire next to them. And the ghost crew can just see the crates, whereas what Kanan can see is the crates, but also himself and Depa Bilaba sat against the rock and shadows of, like, the clone troopers nearby. And he sees it in quite a cool way. So this comic is visually is brilliant. So the Rebel Gang, they find the empty crates and then Gamut Key, the governor, appears, who is one of the Calorans that has been introduced previously in this comic. The ghost crew confirm that they're not thieves or anything like that or smugglers. Gamut asks if he can search the ship. They say, yeah, go ahead. He searches the ship, finds nothing, so then just leaves them to it and walks away. Kanan notes that he didn't recognise him, but then realises it's been about 14 years, so it's been a while. And as he mentions, he hasn't seen him in about 14 years. And the very first comic, when you've seen Depa Bilaba and things, that's about 15 years ago. That would insinuate that the time that Kanan spent both as like a street rat and also with Janus was approximately a year. Hera says to the gang that they should split up and find supplies. And she also notes that Kanan is quite jumpy, especially when they get into Plateau City, sort of the main city and things. Kanan kind of brushes it off. And then when they say about splitting up, he says he wants to go with Chopper while well, the rest of them split up with each other. And while he's trying to obtain information on where these supplies could have gone, he is also retracing his old steps and lots of memories coming back to him. After talking to a few people, he notes that the prime suspect sounds a lot like Janus. But Kanan notes that he didn't see Janus's ship at the spaceport, so he goes to an old hideout they used to have and finds another Kalaran there called Tapusk. Kanan tries to kind of half blag knowing Janus and Tapusk, but not from the way that he knew them, and then he gets surrounded. Now, if clarity, Janus isn't there, it is just Tapusk, who is the guy who is like a maybe a rival gang or a rival smuggler of some sort, but he was some sort of maybe not friend, but vague adversary of Janus's. Tapusk confirms that he actually tipped off Gamut, and it's all part of his operation. What he does, he smuggles and does this legal activity. He tells Gamut, who's the governor, about a few of them, and then he stays on his good side, and also doesn't really get suspected. Kanan attacks the thugs around him without his lightsaber. Obviously, don't want to draw attention to himself. He, you know, knocks them out, throws them at each other, kicks and things like that. And once the area is clear, Kanan calls the ghost crew to rendezvous. Chopper then buzzes and Kane isn't paying full attention and he gets stabbed in the back with a knife by Tapusk. He knows mentally that he's basically distracted due to all the memories and things around here so his senses aren't as attuned as they normally are and Kanan elbows Tapusk in the face knocking him out. Game at Key then emerges and he says that he overheard Tapusk talking about the betrayal and whatnot and that Tapusk has been taking advantage of him for too long. Kanan questions if Gamut, like a governor, came by himself to a fairly dangerous part of the planet. And Gamut confirms that, yep, he came alone and he just likes to explore things without his advisors trying to tell him what to do and things like that. Especially because where he's had to basically lower himself to the Empire so much, he's just getting sick of, in air quotes, the backache, as he mentions it. So he likes to go places by himself sometimes so that he can kind of do what he wants without being judged or something getting reported to the Empire. Kanan and Gamut then have a conversation and Gamut says that they can help each other. Basically saying, reading between the lines that he doesn't support the Imperials, he'd be willing to help someone who doesn't support the Imperials either, but they have to keep it on the down low. K9 
Kanan then agrees that they can help each other. Gamut leaves and then Kanan contacts the ghost. The ghost says they're about three minutes away. Kanan is, starts to talk a bit weird and Chopper is getting a bit jumpy. And then Kanan kind of holds his wound, pulls his hand away, sees there's quite a lot of blood and then collapses. And the final panel is Kanan laying on the floor with a bit of blood around him, him thinking that he really hates Kala. And the comm is calling out, Spectre 3, repeat. Spectre 1, do you read? And that is where that comic ends. And it says, to be continued, which will be in the next batch of Kanan comics I tackle. And so that is the end of me tackling these batch of comics. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Please let me know what you think if you have read these comics, because I think this is one of the probably least read comics, because obviously a lot of Star Wars fans haven't seen Star Wars Rebels, which I say to you, you really need to, especially if someone's getting into the Bad Batch at the moment and you want something else to, you know, that's more than just like 20 minutes a week, get into Star Wars Rebels. Anyone who's listening to this who hasn't watched Star Wars Rebels, you have no excuse. If you tried Clone Wars and couldn't get into it, doesn't matter get into Rebels, okay? It's amazing and it's criminally underrated and I love it. And in that same vein, um, we're going to be doing it on this channel of Comics in Motion. We're going to be tackling Bad Batch, but we're going to be doing it similarly to how we did The Mandalorian um, late last year where we kind of, we did one episode every, we recorded one episode every episode of Mandalorian that came out. Now, The Bad Batch is potentially going to be like 14 episodes long or something along those lines, and it's only 20 minutes a time. So we're not going to be doing a weekly show. What we're probably going to be doing is we're doing this one on Sunday, which will be tackling the premiere, which is 75 minutes long as well as episode two which is about half an hour long we're going to be tackling those then in a few episodes time maybe five six episodes time we'll do another one sort of a midway point about the bad batch and then we'll do one maybe two towards the end of the run as well and just for clarity, the reason we're doing this is because a few of us in the Comics Emotional family have seen Clone Wars and the Bad Batch and that sort of thing. And us committing every single week to do an episode, it, it's just a bit too much, especially with all the other podcasts that we're involved with. So on this Sunday, it should be myself, Megan and Dave. And we're going to be talking about the Bad Batch and Clone Wars and that sort of thing. It's going to be quite a fun one. I don't know when it's going to be released specifically. We are recording it on Sunday. It may get released on Sunday. It may get released in a couple of days time. But if you're listening to this right now and you haven't listened to that episode but you've seen the episode of the bad batch check it out because i'll be giving some connections and things some of the creatures that you see show up in other stuff like there's a nexu which is an attack of the clones that shows up in one of the episodes which is quite cool and other things like that so that, that's generally a good overview of what's to come so sticking with these Star Wars comics and things, what have we got coming up well my friends next week is going to be the next batch of Afro Comics. I believe it's going to be issues 26 to like 30 or 31, there thereabouts. And uh, then the week after that, so in two weeks' time, I'm going to be tackling the last of the Age of series. So I'm going to be tackling the Age of Resistance Heroes one-shot comics. And I've tackled all of the other Age of Rebellion and Age of Republic and the Age of Resistance comics that are villains as well. So I've tackled all of those things. Once I've done that, the following week will then be back onto the main run of Star Wars comics. The week after that, so in four weeks' time, that should be the second part of these Kanan comics. So if you guys have listened to this and haven't read the Kanan comics, it's only 12 issues. You can probably manage that in a month. And then you can hear about First Blood and a little bit more information about Kanan and his time as a Padawan. And then, yeah, after that, it will be another one of Dr. Afra. And then from there, what it's going to be most likely is I'll be doing the next batch of Darth Vader comics. So it's going to be the second run of Vader comics from 2017 with Charles Soule. And then I haven't 100% decided what I'm going to do for the fourth week, because then I'll have probably, you know, Dr. Afra, Darth Vader, Star Wars, and then something else. Now, the other big ongoing series that I haven't yet read or tackled is the Poe Dameron series, also written by Charles Saul. So I'm tempted to tackle that, but then there's also quite a few things coming up with there's High Republic stuff, and I think it's done issue four now. So I think that the arc, the first arc, will be finished of that soon. There's the, the Bounty Hunters, which are ongoing. The second run of Star Wars and the second run of Afra, I won't be tackling them until I finish the first runs of Afra and Star Wars and the third run of Vader I probably won't be tackling until around them either because the thing is at the moment is all the ongoing Star Wars comics which is Bounty Hunters, Doctor Aphra second run, Star Wars second run, Vader third run and Star Wars A High Republic all of them have got between 5 and 12 issues at the moment so it's not a huge huge amount yet and there's also the Star Wars 
adventures comics for the high republic which is aimed for a slightly younger audience but i've read the first three and they are genuinely brilliant but they're done by idw publishing still canon but idw generally handle the adventures lines which are generally aimed at a more younger audience so i've got those i've also got tales from vader's castle which are anthology horror stories which cavan scott has written so i'm going to be doing those I've got a conversation planned with a gentleman involved with Star Wars Return of the Jedi, which I'm quite excited to speak with him. So that'll be appearing on this channel at some point in the next month or so, because I haven't yet recorded that. I mean, there are a few other bits and pieces all around, but that's generally the timeline of what you can expect from Star Wars Comics and Canon over the coming you know, month to six weeks or so. If you guys do have a preference, if you'd rather I spent one week a month tackling some of the new Star Wars comics and then had three series that were just ongoing. So for three weeks a month, I'd be doing Afro, Vader and Star Wars or something along those lines. And then maybe the last week of the month or something, I would just be tackling some of the new stuff. Or would you rather I stick to a lot of the old things and then once I've covered every old Star Wars comic, I then move on to the new ones? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that because I would be genuinely interested to hear what you all think of of that and aside from that i'd say you know i've got a patreon patreon.com slash genuine chit chat if you go over there right now without making an account or anything you can completely for free listen to mine and megan's review of the witcher season one and it's spoiler free and we also talk about star wars the phantom menace which is completely for free as well but if you want more content from myself if you are willing to spend one pound a month on this then you'll get early access to episodes of genuine chit chat which is my other show where i have a different guest on each episode you'll get the occasional early access to episodes i do for styles comics and canon when i edit them soon enough most of the time i edit on a saturday but on the odd occasion i managed to finish it earlier i pop them on there early as well you will also be getting, as I said, the Afterthought Show, which is two episodes of that every week. Myself and Megan talk about a great wide variety of TV shows and movies. So we're tackling, we've done up to Rogue One of the Star Wars batch. We've done the Captain America trilogy of films. We've done the Thor trilogy of films. We've done the Queen's Gambit series, Murder Among the Mormons documentary series. We've done Little Miss Sunshine, 27 Dresses, Knocked Up. So we've done like a, oh, a Rocky Horror Picture Show as well. We've done quite a a few that are all either recorded or are due to be released soon so if you want even more of my voice you already listen to genuine chit chat you already listen to styles comics and canon which i presume you do if you're listening to this you want more content for as little as one pound a month you get access you'll just get a link to this feed that i've got and the feed has early access to stuff and all the afterthought shows if you want that as well as there's for slightly higher tiers you get to see future guest lists uh, if you pay two pound a month uh, slash three dollars you'll then get early access to the comics i take photos of for this very podcast i normally put them on there about Thursday, Friday time, whereas I normally post on social media, you know, Saturday, Sunday time. So just early access to stuff. It helps support the show and my insatiable lust for canon content and helping me afford all the comics that I buy for this show and early access and more content. So if that sounds like something you want, go ahead over there. If not, you know, review Comics Emotion on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to this podcast, as well as, you know, share it with people. If you want to support the show, but you don't want to financially back it, which is completely understandable, you know, share it with your friends, find people you know who like Star Wars, send them episodes of this show, get more people listening because that will make my dreams come true so from that guys in the description i've got other times where i've guessed on other people's shows you know i've been on the 20th century geek podcast a couple times in the last several months i've been on frank burton's i like the sound podcast recently along with a couple of other podcasters i was on the podcasts we listened to show a little while ago there's a couple of things that i've recorded that are due to be released for other people's shows loads of other things but a lot of those links are in the description anyway guys that is enough waffle from me thank you as always for listening i really appreciate it please tell me your thoughts on this canaan comic and your thoughts on the bad batch and the retcon and all that sort of other jazz make sure you look out for our conversation on the bad batch which should be released in the next few days after this has been released as well and as always guys thank you so much for listening and may the force be with you